Bible to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Revelation, chapter 3. And I'm going to read a couple of verses here, and then we're going to go to Romans 12. Romans 3, I mean, Revelation 3, verse 15. Verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Know your works, that you are neither hot or cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then, because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And then over in the book of Romans, chapter 12. Romans 12, in verse 11. He says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not slothful in business, but being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Father, thank you today for your precious word. Lord, that your word opens our heart. Lord, we just thank you for every person to have a heart that's open. Uh, their mind would be ready to receive truth that changes, truth that sets free. Lord, I just thank you right now that we will never be the same. Lord, we purpose to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. Both of these passages of scripture talk about, I believe, the temperature of our hearts. And, you know, one thing, the, the, the time that we're living in right now is very much consumed with taking your temperature. Amen. You go into work, take your temperature. We were just talking about this yesterday, about um, that restaurant that was in a real high-end restaurant in New York. They want you to take a $50 COVID rapid test before you can eat in the restaurant. Well, if I'm, if I'm spending more than $50 in a restaurant, it starts getting smaller and smaller. You know, I, I usually don't go and spend two, three, four hundred $400 in a restaurant anyway. And, um, you know, if you, if you can just go in there, I mean, I'm sure that's a really high-end place. You're going to spend three, four $400 a pop anyway. So what's a $50 test. But right now, that's, that's such a, a big thing. Check your temperature. You get zapped. You know, if you go into the doctor, you get zapped. You go into work, you get zapped. And, and I see people just standing there. It's like, it's, I mean, it's just a bad sign because it looks like they're shooting themselves. They're just, you know, just <laughs> hold, holding a gun up to their head, you know. And, but what does that do? That allows you access or no access to the place that you want to go into. Sir, you can't come in here. Sir, you're not allowed in here. But how many know we should be aware of our temperature spiritually as well? You know, it'd be nice if we had like a little big square thing right up underneath there. Under the door and it just said, when you walked in, <clears throat> indifferent. Not interested. Distracted. You know, 
Yeah, have you ever thought about even thoughts? Aren't you glad that, that your thoughts are not on display for everyone in the world? Because, you know, if there was, I mean, you'd be sitting here in a service and you'd see roast, turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, pizza ranch, sushi for certain ones. And so I believe that, that, that we should have a spiritual temperature check on a, even on a daily basis. We should have a monitor at the door that says, what's my temperature for God? What's my temperature for God? Amen. And so it's important sometimes, well, it's important all the time, the way that you come into a church service. Why? Because, you know, it should be something that everyone could see. Just like, like a, not necessarily like a thought, but just see it where people can see, okay, they're on fire. They're cool. They're, they're whatever. Why? Because we, we know we can't fool God. You know, we can fool one another, but we can't fool God. So I want to ask you today, what is your temperature today? What is your temperature today? Is it hot? And that's the title of my message. What is your temperature today? And this is something I believe that we share a lot through our messages and through the church. But I wanted to specifically hone in on this today. Am I hot or am I just going through the motions? You know, it's, it's rough going through the motions of a thing. Who's ever done that at work? You know, just maybe on the job or... Or, or just in church or maybe, you know, someone calls you and you think, oh, man, I didn't want to talk to them or, or whatever. You know, you're just going through the motions. Right. Amen. Amen. If I paint your picture, like I said, just look straight ahead. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Cooling off is not just automatic. You know, when the, when the, the devil came to Adam and Eve, they didn't see somebody. It's not like that of the devil and I'm coming here to destroy you it's not like that that's why the Bible talks about being aware of the wiles of the enemy it, what is it? it's thoughts it's feelings it's things like that you know, and, you know unfortunately we don't see a, a red suit with a pitchfork and, and I'm the devil and I'm going to take your life you know no, no one would sign up for that but if it can just be like a cooling off and so when we talk about this, it's not for me to judge you or, or us judge one another, but the Bible says to judge ourselves. Amen. You know, I'm just the messenger. I'm just bringing the, the message. And, uh, you know, if you don't like the package, then <clears throat> just say return to sender. But, you know, I'm just, don't get mad at the, uh, the guy that's bringing the package to the door. Amen. But see, with the Lord, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. That's why I'm... Now, see, I know, I know what it's like growing up in a religious setting to where I never knew Jesus. I never knew that I could even have a relationship with the Lord. I never knew that I could um, be born again. All I knew is, you know, it was just something we did. It was the longest one hour of the week from 11 to 12. And I'd fall asleep. And I'd fall asleep at the age I was at. You know, I'd fall asleep. I'd lay 
lay down and uh, on the pew, and then I put my hand on the pew and I feel all the gum where all the the people would put gum under there. Amen. <laughs> I mean, how, how many how many know church like that? Or you go outside, you know, because all the men would have the smoke breaks, you know, and between the two services. But um, <laughs> with God, it's all about the heart. But see, that's why people can hide behind religion. Because reli- with religion, what do we mean by that? We mean apart from a relationship with the Lord. You can hide behind religion. Why? Because you don't have to change. You don't, you don't have to make any commitment. You don't have to make any. You just show up. You just punch the time clock and just say, you know, I'm, I'm here. You know, people swipe their card when they come in. I'm here again. And, and, and just come in and not be changed. It's like my pastor says, you know, people come in. It's a dry cleaning service. <clears throat> in by 11, out by 12, three hymns, three hers, take up the offertory, preach from the Cyclopedia Britannica, give the last rites, and everyone goes home just as dead as they came in. Well, see, that, that's what the river is not like. Because when the, when the river of God flows, there's going to be life. Hallelujah. But notice here, he says, there's three different temperatures. There's hot, cold, and lukewarm. I want you to look back at that passage in, in Revelation 3. Notice he says... I know your works. Like I said, we can't, we can't fool the Lord. He knows if we can do better. I know your works that you're neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You know... It's kind of like, um, who likes a lukewarm coffee? But you know, I don't really like cold coffee either, so. <laughs> but, but lukewarm, he said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich. And increased with goods. And have need of nothing. And knowest not that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. See, there's a lot of people that think they're okay with God, and they're not. Why? Because, you know, hey, I'm doing okay. You know, I got all my bills paid and this and that. And, you know, they don't need God. They, don't, they, don't, they feel like they don't need God for fire insurance. But you know what? One day there is a, there is a fire that's coming. It's called hellfire. And so people say that. You know, I don't need God. You know, you, you, you talk to people about the Lord and, oh, I'm okay. You know, I need, you know, I'm fine. You know, I go to church. <laughs> I don't have need of anything. And you don't even know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He says, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich. In white raiment that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that you may see. 
Verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. You know, repentance is actually a gift. But how many times do we think, think that repentance is like a, a dirty connotation or like, oh, man, you, you did something really bad. But, you know, any kind of attitude that's not right, you need to repent. Repent means to change to, to a change of heart, a change of mind and purpose. And so there's, if we don't need to repent, then, then we've already arrived. Who in here has already arrived at Christ-like perfection? Good, I don't have to need to. I don't need to pray for liars. <laughs> he says here, Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. You know, a lot of people think the Lord just going to, I just want the Lord to take over in my life. But, you know, he's only going to take ground in your life to what you give him. You know, the Bible says he's the good shepherd, not the great cowboy. You know, he doesn't just come in and take the whip and bless God, you're going to do this or else. That's not him. See, that's what the way demons are. Demons like to force. They like to take control. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, open the door, I will come in to him. He will sup will sup with him and he with me to him that over all through the book of revelation i grant to sit with me in my throne you know the bible all through the book of revelation talks about this to him that overcomes to him that overcomes will i grant to sit with me in my throne even as i also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches so we as believers are overcomers and so we are commanded to overcome amen but you know you can't overcome something there's nothing to come over so people say well you know I just have so many problems well that just means you need to be an overcomer amen and so he talks about cold hot and lukewarm and our heart is a fireplace. <clears throat> it's either hot or it's not. Amen. That's what our, our heart is, the fireplace. Yeah. See, Paul said this, um, 1 Corinthians 1, 9, I believe it was. He's, uh, well, that's a good verse too. But uh, P- Paul said, um, that's talking about uh, fellowship. But there's another verse where, Paul says in Corinthians, he says, he's talking about um, Jesus whom I serve, God whom I serve with my spirit. See, we don't just serve God with our mind or with our body. We serve him with our heart. And so that's why our heart has to be in in what we do. You can tell if somebody's heart's in something, can't you? You know, what, what does a good employer want? A good employee whose heart's in what they do. You know, they don't want just, you know, it's just like a a church. You want people that are engaged in what they're doing. A worshiper should worship. You know, it's God's looking. That's why the Bible says God 
is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so God wants our heart to be in it. You know, when it, that's what the Bible talks about. Be perfect as I am perfect. Well, it's not meaning that you're, you're perfect according to no flaws. What that means is wholehearted. Wholehearted. Because, you know, the Bible talks about individuals whose heart was perfect, but they didn't do everything right. Then it talks about people who did everything to the T, but their heart wasn't right with the Lord. So what God's looking for is perfection of heart and being wholehearted to where you give him your everything. Amen. And that's part of that is, is you having the, the spiritual temperature of being on fire and being hot. And I know this, that it's a, definitely a work of the Holy Spirit that does that. And, you know, you know there's certain things that, that in every believer's life that you would look at and you would say, I would never want to go through that again. Why? Because the Spirit of God, He uproots things. He deals with things. And as you allow Him to work in your life, He burns those things out. And through that, there's a peace that comes in your heart. There's a joy. There's a, a satisfaction. Amen. But just like a, who's ever built a, nowadays, I mean, people don't build as many fires maybe, but maybe if you live out in the, the country or whatever, but who likes to build a good fire? <clears throat> you know, it's, we used to have a, um, we used to have like a wood-burning stove. Silent Flame actually was the maker, and um you know, we, we had this wood-burning stove, and you have this uh, pipe going up through the, the roof and everything. And Well, you know, that thing, you could load that thing up, and it would run you out of there. It would be so hot, you know. And, and, you know, you come in from outside, and you're just, like, stifling. And you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so hot in here. Until you sit down for a little bit, and, you know, you know I'd say something about it. And, and my mom would say, well, you're running around like a crazy person, you know. And... uh you come back in there. But anyway, we would make these fires. And, you know, I just think about it like this, about our heart. You build that fire and, you, you, you know, you, you put the kindling on there too. You know, of course, you can't forget the kindling. How many know what kindling is? Okay, good. I, I, I wasn't sure if anybody would know. North <laughs> So you make this fire. You put the wood there. You put the kindling. You put some newspaper. You like that. Why? You, you want something to get it started. And, and you build that fire. And just because you have it good and hot, what happens when you come there the next morning? I mean, you, you got to get that, that little... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get that... that uh, I'll call it a metal stick, that, that rod, that poker, whatever. You know, you just, you, you poke at that fire, and, and there's still a lot of good heat there, and you just have to kind of get it going. Yeah. Well, but how many know that after a couple of days, I mean, you don't necessarily have to do it that day, but after a couple of days, you, you definitely have to start getting some ashes out of there. Well, it's, it's the same way in our heart. Sometimes you just have to remove the ashes. A lot of people need to remove the ashes of disappointment. You know, they, they're, they're on fire for God, but, but something happened in their life. 
and, and now there's disappointment there. And if they want to, to rekindle that, that first love and that fire, they got to deal with the ashes. How many know it's not nice dealing with ashes? It's messy. And you get that out, and then we would take it outside. Instead of letting them cool, I'd take the water hose, and then it really is a mess. <laughs> and, um, you know, especially as a kid, you know, you just play around and stuff. And so, but, you know, you have to get rid of the ashes of, of disappointment, yeah. the ashes of regret, yeah, sure. the ashes of what should have happened in my life but didn't, the ashes of what someone should have done for me. You know, the ashes of, of fear, of condemnation. And so for a lot of people to go forward in God, that's what they're going to have to do is get rid of those ashes. But once you clean those ashes up, guess what do you do? You get that right foundation built again. You get the wood. You get that kindling. And what do you do? You build upon the right foundation, which is what? Jesus. Jesus is the foundation. The chief cornerstone. Come on. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Jesus is the solid foundation. Yeah. The word. You know, first, not first John, but the book of John says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with the God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning, and without him was not anything made that was made. The word was made flesh, verse 14, and dwelt among us. And we beheld him as the only one full of grace and truth. Who's that talking about? That's talking about Jesus. And so to, to, to have this, our spiritual temperature where it should be, we had to build upon the right thing. Not on hearsay. Not building our life on theories. I like what First Timothy 4 says, verse 6. He says, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you should be a good minister of Jesus Christ Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto you have attained. So how do we get built up as a believer? How do we get strong? By the words of faith and of good doctrine. You know, false doctrine doesn't do that. Now, see, false doctrine is going to be laced with good stuff. You know, if someone tries to poison somebody, what do they do? You know, whether someone has tried to kill somebody or if they try to poison a, an animal or something, well, they put a good piece of meat there. Otherwise, it's not like, okay, here, just take this poison. Same thing doctrinally speaking. You, you know, you can have a lot, of peop- a lot of things that look good. They even sound good. But it's laced with poison. It's laced with with. Um, with things that are, that are not beneficial for you spiritually. And so, you know, the Bible talks about how that the, as the ear, I mean, as the mouth tastes food, so the ear tries words. Just like in your, your, your mouth tastes food, your ear tries or tastes words. But see, there's some people that have had more taste They've had more experience in life. That's why you need to listen to elders. You know, there's some people that have been down the road longer than we have. And, and maybe they've tasted different things. And say, so, you know, that's why even like different doctrines resurface every 30 or 40 years. 
It's nothing new under the sun. But, you know, there's certain doctrines that come up and, and, you know, whether it's about demons or whether it's about any number of different things. That's why we have to have the word as first place. Notice he says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables. I mean, sometimes, you know, people take old wives' fables like it's gospel truth. And exercise yourself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So build your life upon the word. You know, we were talking about this yesterday, just sharing some different things. And I just, I was just thinking about, you know, people, a lot of times they'll just take something, you know, like, yeah, it's good to be clean. And then, then people say, well, cleanliness is next to godliness, which that's not a scripture. Right. It's good to be clean. Yeah. It's good to be not to be unclean. Right. Well, you know, it's a squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Well, that's not a scripture. Right. You know, there, there's all kinds of things that people, you know, well, it's just like the Bible said. It's like, like on TV one time there was a national talk show and there was this one uh, minister was on there. And the, and, the, and the panel of people were sitting there, and they said, yeah, you know, it's not right for um, uh, ministers to have something nice. And I think this person had like a Lexus or something. And they, say, they said, well, yeah, you know, it's just like the Bible says that um, preachers shall lay down with the lepers. And, um, yeah, and it's like, I never, I've read the Bible a little bit. Where is that verse? <laughs> lay down with the lepers. Moving right along. <clears throat> Jesus said in, in John 8, 32 through 36, he's talking about, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. So what's going to make you free? The truth. But not just hearing it. It's also the truth that you put into practice. You know, the Bible says over in, um, I believe, John 17. John 17. Jesus praying for the church. Aren't you glad he's praying for you? <laughs> Listen what what Jesus said in, in John 17, verse 16. They are not of the world... Even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So how are we going to be sanctified in life? We know that through the power of the Holy Spirit. But one of the great ways he does it is by his word. So what happens if we never read the word? What happens if we let, let the Bible just sit on the coffee table? Well, that sure is a good book. That sure is a holy book. But we never opened it up. You know, the Bible never does you any good just by dusting it off. You, you have to, to, it's like I heard one person said, if your Bible's falling apart, you're not. So, you know, now I've had this Bible for 20 years. And, uh, but I got a few places that are like this. And so that's part of Galatians and it goes into Ephesians 6. And so that's almost the whole book of Ephesians in there. And I got a few different places like that. 
But if, if, if the Bible is falling apart, you're not. What does that mean? If, let the word of God um, sanctify you. Let the word of God. You know, people try too much in the flesh. Well, I'm, I just, I'm going to be better. You can't do it. And the thing we have to realize is the anointing is upon the word. So the more that you get the word on the inside of you, and the more that you read the word, you confess the word, you speak the word over yourself. This is who I am. I have what it says I have. I, I am blessed. I'm forgiven. I'm washed. I don't care what the devil says. This is, this is who I am right here. And see, you do that, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. That's, he just comes and breathes upon that. Amen. So get in the word. You know, we've heard that for how many years? Well, just get in the word. Well, you know that, what that boils down to? You opening your Bible and, and getting in and reading it. Hallelujah. So you, have, you need to remove the ashes in life. You need to build upon the right foundation. And then what happens? Then you need to ignite it. I mean, no, you need to. Once, you can't just look and say, well, I got that nice piece of wood there. Then, then you need to actually light it up. How many know that you need to take the fire of the Holy Spirit to ignite you? Yeah, come on. You need the fire to ignite you. What happened in the book of Acts? The book of Acts said that, that they were there waiting. Jesus said, don't go until you receive the promise of the Father. So they were all praying. And what happened? They got ignited and then went out. They went out to the streets of Jerusalem, and, and they began to preach. And so if you want to be ignited and to go, you need to go with the flame. Amen. Don't, don't try to be a, just a, a wet piece of wood. Don't just be, I mean, there's always, and you know, people are concerned about people being radical and on fire, but don't worry, there's enough wet blankets to put out the fire. There's always enough people to, to, to stifle you. You know why? Because it shows them off. It shows them up in life. You know, it's kind of like a, a, a crab. You, you put a, a bowl full of crabs, and, you know, they don't mind being content, you know, staying there on the bottom. You get one that tries to crawl out, you know what they do? One to go over there and grab that one and pull it back down. It's like, you're not getting out of here. <laughs> you why? Because you're, you're showing us up that, that we don't want to do anything different. Amen. And so, I mean, we could look at many different things in the Bible, different ones that were on fire. You could look at people like Daniel. I mean, Daniel, here he was a man that prayed all the time. He was fervent in spirit. And then this decree came and said, no one else can pray. You know what the Bible said? He opened his doors. He opened his doors just like he did a four time. And he prayed. And then, of course, you know, he gets thrown in the uh, lion's den, but God delivers him. Why? Because he wouldn't give up. He wouldn't give in. Hallelujah. And so I want to give you just a couple points here about how to stay on fire. How to stay on fire. I mean, it's one thing to be there. Yeah, I need to, to be close to God, I need to be on fire. But how, how do I stay there in that place? You know, a lot of people don't think that, well, you know, I just. I believe the Christian life should not be one that we take one step forward and two steps back. You know, I don't, I don't have to sin 
so I can repent, so I can get close to God. You know, a lot of people, they've worn their rededicators out. <laughs> they've worn their repenters out, you know. It's like, <laughs> I, I know. I mean, I know what it's like, you know. You, you, there's a, especially when you're first growing in the Lord, you wear first, first John 1 John 1.9 out. You know, you pray like 112 times a day. And, um, and, you know, it's only like growing in grace and growing in the things of God that, that helps you. But thank God, you know, if we miss it, even if you've been born again 50 years, if you miss it, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means that, that, that I'm righteous again and I can lift up my head. I can pray. I can deal with the enemy. I can, I can preach, pray, prophesy, cast out devils. I can, I can lift up my head and not have any anxiety or any kind of... Oh, I'm not pleasing the Lord, you know. No, I can lift up my head and do everything I need to. So number one, return to your first love. Return to your first love. Everyone say that. Return to your first love. I want you to look at uh, Revelation 2. He says here, Verse 2, he stopped, or yeah, he says, I know thy works, Revelation 2, 2, and thy labor and thy patience and how you cannot bear them which are evil. And you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. <laughs> you know, just because someone says that there's something doesn't mean they are. Well, we're, we're apostles. Well, um, the early church, they said, okay, let's see. He said, we tried them, and they, the ones that said they're apostles, they're not, and found them to be liars, and have borne, and has patient, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you, because you have left your first love. So he said, you know, I have this one thing against you. You've done pretty good, but, but I have this one thing against you. You've left your first love. Exactly. Remember, therefore, from whence you are fallen, and repent. And do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly, and will remove your candlestick out of its place, except you repent. And he goes on talking about, verse 7, him that hath, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. But number one, return to your first love. Number two, like he says here in verse five, do the first works. So you need to return, but then you need to do the first works. What does that mean? Do the things that you would do when you are in love. So, do the first works. What does that mean? When you were on fire for God. When you couldn't get enough. When you just prayed and and prayed and prayed and you, you know, you went to church and, and man, people look at you and say, man, you just, that that Bible just got to your head, you know, and um, like Brother Hagin said, when he first started reading the Bible and, um, he got healed and raised up off a deathbed. They said, oh, well, the poor boy, 
you know, read the Bible so much it affected his mind. Well, you know what? We need the Bible to affect our mind. Because, <laughs> you know, his pastor, he said, thank God this one didn't come to see me. He said, this other one was going to come to see me. He said, thank God they didn't come either. Because, one, but one of them came to his, um, to his bedside and he could hear him outside and said, um, out there praying for uh, his mother and say, Lord, just we comfort him now, comfort her right now during this time of loss. And he said, I wanted to speak up and say, I'm not dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so thank God that the Lord raised him up. But you have to return and do the first works. I mean, think about husband and wife. I mean, think about when husband and wife, you know, for some people, maybe they don't remember this, but, you know, think about the time when, you know, you, you met that person and you, you called them on the phone. I mean, I remember my wife and I, we would uh, talk on the phone. I'd sit on the floor and I never was a person to talk two or three hours on the phone <laughs> until I met her. I mean, you know, you, you can talk to your mom, but that only lasts for so long, you know. And, um, but, but when we met, you know, we, we talked. And at the time, we, we lived six hours apart, but I would drive every weekend to go see her. And um, there was one weekend where we didn't, and that was the longest two weeks. And, um, but how many remember that? I mean, it's not like a, oh, man. I actually lasted two hours talking on the phone. And, and you know what? I beat the record. No, you don't look at it like that. You look at it like, boy, we had an awesome time. You know, I, I talked to her for three hours, and, man, where did the time go? And, you know, you, you, same thing with the Lord. You don't think, oh, man, I clocked in 15 minutes of prayer today. <laughs> I mean, I, I put in 40 minutes of prayer this morning. It, you know, if you're real tired in the morning, then maybe that's okay, but... You know, it's not like that. It's not like, man, I reached a new level. I actually prayed for 20 minutes. No, it's a joy. It's a joy. So what does that mean? You do the things that got you close in the first place. For husband and wife, sitting down talking, communicating. That's a big word. Yes, I know. Communicate. And so it's the same thing with the Lord. We have to communicate with the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Speak to it and just fellowship with him, doing the first works. Amen. And then number three, stay on fire. Stay on fire. What does that mean? It means you kindle the flame. You, you don't call somebody over and say, hey, come over here to my house and, and build the fire for me. Hey, come over to my house and... Um, and, and get me excited about the word. That's okay. That's okay. And you should have friends that you can call and say, hey, just, just tell me how blessed I am right now. Yeah. You know, just tell me how free I am. Just tell me how, how, um, how good God is to me. Yeah. And you should have a friend that they know enough about it and say, I'm telling you, you're blessed. And, and, and God's doing a wonderful thing in your life. And, and God's increasing you. And God's, you should have friends like that. But see, you kindle the flame. You tend or attend to the fire. You stir up the gift, the Bible says. You know, Paul told Timothy, he said, that you stir up the gift of God. 
He didn't say, Timothy, I'll be there in about a month, and I'll pray for you, and, and, and then you'll be stirred up. Amen. You, you stir up the gift. You stir it up. Because, yeah, you know, there's sometimes that you don't have anybody else. You don't have time to, to, to call the hotline. You don't have time to call somebody, and you just have to say, oh, God. Touch me, Lord. God, transform me. God, do, you know, and you just cry out. And see, it doesn't just have to be a nice prayer. We like to just pray nice prayers. You know. It's like Norval Hayes said, God doesn't answer nervous prayers or scared prayers. But you know what? You, you have to just be real with God. And just say, God, you know. We want to be all... You know, it's, it's like when you talk to your friend and they're all just having a nice time and they're cutting up and everything and then you get them to pray and it's like all of a sudden their, their voice deepens, <laughs> their, their posture changes and then all of a sudden it's, now Lord. And it's like, where did that voice come from? You know, God knows you who you are. Right. He, he has to turn to the angels and say, I don't even know what they're saying. Right. I mean... You have to interpret for me. You know, they usually talk like this, but now they're trying to talk like this. Amen. And so we have to stir up the gift of God. 2 Timothy 3 verse 5 says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. So one of the things I believe for us to to operate in the, the fullness of what God wants us to we have to have the power of God on a daily basis. We have to have the anointing. We have to have the fire of God. We can't. It's okay if someone's never been exposed to the truth. But as a believer, if you know what the truth is and you've been filled and baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, then you can't go back. You can't go back. If you've been born in the fire, you can't live in the smoke. Amen. You, you, you can't appease somebody just, just the... I had a pastor that said this. I know it's a bold statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. <clears throat> he said this. No, it's, it's the gospel truth. It's, the, it's, the, it's true. He said, he said, people that have been, um, he said, people that go back and understand what I'm saying. Because we love, we love every church. We love denomin- every denomination. Um, he said, if you having experience, maybe a denomination that doesn't have the power of God. He said, if you having experienced the power of God, go back. He said, I don't care if it's because you're trying to reach your family. I don't care if it's because you, you, know, you can list all these other reasons. He said, you're backslid. It sounded like I just slapped somebody with a wet dish rag. <laughs> but understand what I'm saying. We love every denomination. But yeah. once you've experienced the power of God, you can't go back into a situation. And a lot of people, they're just out of ignorance. They don't know. That's the way I was in a church. But if, if a church gets up and says that tongues is of the devil and says that healing passed away and all that, you cannot go back into a place like that. Because, you know, the Bible talks about uh, in the last days, people, um, 
giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils are, are in pulpits. It's not, you know, just in Satan's church. Amen. And so that's why we like, that's why we want the word. That's why you always examine everything with the Bible. Where's the scripture? That should be your motto. Where's the verse? Where's the scripture? Where's, where's the passage? Amen. And so one of the things we just can't have a form of godliness. We're going to have the power of God. I'm not going to make, just because I've seen now, I'm not going to just rain on someone's parade, but if I've seen the truth, I can't act like I haven't seen the truth. I can't act like, no, I'm never, I don't know that. I don't know that truth. And, and I mean, that's what Peter, I don't know the man. And then he began to curse and swear. But I can't say, no, I don't, I don't believe. You know, if somebody says, hey, what about that? I'll say it's in the Bible. If they ask me to speak in tongues, okay. They might look at you real weird then. Amen. But it's one thing to be on fire. It's another thing to stay on fire. So the Bible says, the him that overcometh. So we're not going to overcome without being on fire, without being fervent or sold out. And the thing we have to realize is, be concerned about your own fire. Don't be concerned about your, your neighbor. You should be, I mean, you should be concerned, but, you know, don't, don't be looking at someone else and saying, you know what? They don't have it. You know what? They don't have it. I don't like their fire. They, they I don't, I don't, I don't like the way they, they do things. And, and you see the way they jump this morning. You see the way they, they lift their hands. I don't, I don't think that's right. You're, you're, you're getting bitter. You're getting you know, it's like the Bible says, you know, you look at your neighbor and your, your brother and you want to pull a boat, you know, the moat out of their eye. And there's a beam, there's a big log, a, a two by ten in your eye. <laughs> he said, you deal with your own and then, and then let them deal with their own. Amen. Amen. But you know what? These are exciting times. Amen. These are exciting times. And I, and I say this because... No matter what's going on in the economy, no matter what's going on in the political areas, we have to make the decision that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, and he's going to get us through, and we're not going to do it by being half dedicated and half consecrated. We're going to do it, him that overcomes. And if you want to overcome, you're going to have to have fire. You're going to have to have some gusto in your life. Amen. Amen. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you that in your presence is fullness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost. That descends on every person. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we purpose right now to be overcomers. Lord, you've made us overcomers. Every person in this place. Lord, I thank you that you've called them to be victorious. Lord, I thank you that they'll begin to see themselves in a new light. As victorious. 
as an overcomer. Lord, more than a conqueror through him that loved us. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Lord, if it wasn't for your mercy, we wouldn't have made it. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord, for the greater one today. Thank you, Lord, that you cause us to triumph today. Thank you, Lord. To him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works within us. Unto him be glory in the church. Thank you, Lord. You're able to do exceeding abundantly above. Lord, what we can even dare dream or think. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We trust you, Lord. We trust you with our life. We trust you with our life. We trust you, Lord, with all that that we have. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that we're not going to be a people that deny the power. Not just having a form of godliness. Lord, deal with our hearts. Search our hearts. Lord, we want to live so close to you, Lord, that you keep us on a a tight rope. Lord, that even if we would try to make a, a decision that would take us away, Lord, you would draw us back quickly and closely and would say, this is the way. Walk in it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that that we shall be witnesses of these things. Thank you, Lord, for your fire that burns in us. Thank you, Lord, for the eternal flame. Thank you, Lord, that we're carriers. That, Lord, we have this treasure in earthen vessels.